Good morning, Southview. How are we? Happy Independence Day to you. Happy July 4th. So glad to have you with us here today. If you are a guest with us, welcome. Today is weird and different, all right, because it's a busy travel weekend. We have condensed things significantly. If you are a guest with us, today's a weird day, all right? Typically, we have a 930 service and an 11, just an 11 o'clock today, no kids ministry, None of our small group, journey groups, none of those things. Just all of us in here as one big happy family together. Uh, but if you are a guest, welcome. We're so glad that you're here today worshiping with us. We would love to connect with you as a guest. Best and easiest way you can do that is to simply grab your cell phone and text the word CONNECT to 910-424-1298. Just text CONNECT there. We'll send you a link. Tap on that. Answer a couple of quick questions. Uh, but we are so glad that you're worshiping with us today. And for everyone here, I've got big three announcements for us, all right? Here are our big three announcements we want everyone to know. Big announcement number one, membership class for summer starts next week. We do this um, three or four times a year, offer a membership class series. It runs for three weeks, uh, so it'll be the next three weeks, the 11th, the 18th, and the 25th. Uh, during the 9.30 hour, just text MEMBER to 910-424-1298 to sign up for the class. Second big announcement, men's breakfast. We do about four of those a year. We've got our next one coming up August 7th. Uh, if you want to sign up for that, guys, August 7th, 8 o'clock, Saturday morning, text BREAKFAST to 910-424-1298. And then our last big announcement today is just happy July 4th. Uh, tomorrow, uh, we'll be observing the day, uh, if you're working, you know, tomorrow's probably a day off for a lot of you. Office is closed for us as well tomorrow. If you need anything, reach out to us Tuesday morning. We'd be more than happy to help you. But we're so glad that you're here today. For any other announcements, anything that's going on, uh, just download our app, Southview Baptist Church app. You can do that at iTunes or Google Play. Download the app. You'll get announcements. You'll get previous sermons. That's how you give online. We encourage you to give. We have buckets as you leave and a giving box as you walk down uh, the office hallway. But we really encourage you to give online. You can do that through the app. Super easy. So download the app. That's how you can stay connected with us all week long. But for today, I want to read a scripture to you that we're going to be focusing on. John chapter 8. John 8 is what we're going to be looking at today, 31 and 32. And in John 8, 32, it says, So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. That last line is what we're going to be focusing on a lot today. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. As we're talking about Independence Day today, we're going to be focusing on our independence in Christ, our freedom that comes only from Jesus Christ. So as we're starting to worship today, I want to ask you to bow your heads for me. I want to pray for us. And there are a couple of just real big ideas that I want us to understand and kind of have our hearts and our minds set towards today. First, do you realize your need to be set free? Set free from sin, set free from yourself, set free from this world, set free from the demonic forces of this world that seek to lead you towards the ways of destruction. Today we're praying that our, the eyes of our heart will be open so that we'll see today that we need to be set 
free. And then the second thing is this, that you will see that only Jesus Christ is the one who can do that. You can't free yourself. You can't work your way into it. Only Jesus Christ sets you free. And those who the Son sets free are free indeed. So Lord, I pray over us here this morning. I ask you, God, that you would open up our eyes to see our need for freedom. We will not foolishly believe that we are free even though we're not. The most dangerous prisons are the ones that you can't see or realize that you're in. So I pray, God, today that our spiritual eyes are open to see the prison bars that may be around many of us in this room right now. And maybe, Lord, that we have tried and tried and tried, and we've experienced a little bit of what seems like freedom, and then we just get sucked right back into it. I pray today that we realize our need for true freedom, and I pray, Jesus, today that we realize that only you can truly set us free. Jesus Christ today sets us people in this room free. We ask you in your name, Lord, that you would bring salvation in this room, that people will be changed to new life, people will be born again in you, Jesus. And we pray for those of us in this room who are born again, who are followers of you, Jesus, that we would see fresh the freedom that we have in you, and we would walk in greater empowerment in the freedom that you give us, Jesus. Do this in us today for your glory. Bring freedom on this Independence Day, true freedom that only you can deliver. Do this in us, your people, for your glory. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Hey, let's stand together. Let's worship Jesus Christ. Amen. Good morning, church. Let's sing of the greatness of our God and the freedom we have in Christ. Let's celebrate together. This world has been crying out for hope For a hero to save us We long for the supernatural But there is only one God who can save the way So clear the shade, clear the way Cause heaven and earth are singing Glory, hallelujah let the whole world see Come on. the greatness of our God in awesome wonder.
his glories and his greatness, church. But what happens when we find ourselves in a place in life where we'd rather not be? Scripture says, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, and you are mine. Isn't that amazing? For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And so what do we do with that information when we're, when we're in the valley? When your health is not good, when your marriage is not good, when your job is gone? What do you do? We say the Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. So all I want to say, church, is that we would join together and praise the great I am no matter where we're at so that he might be glorified in your life and mine and the whole world might see you and me changed. Let's sing. The Lord is my shepherd. He goes before me. He goes before me. Defender behind me, I won't fear. I'm filled with anointing. My cup's
seated, church. As you're sitting, I want us to take a minute and I want us to go into a little time of prayer together. Thinking again about our scripture, that John 8, 31 and 32 Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. As we jump into the word together today, I want to encourage you to bow your head and close your eyes for me. And I just want to spend a little time praying. And I want to encourage you to pray. And I want you to spend just a few minutes asking the Lord, the Holy Spirit, to open up the eyes of your heart to see if there's any area of your life that needs to experience and walk in the true freedom that Jesus Christ gives. Just take a few minutes and ask the Holy Spirit to show you if there's anything that He would like to set you free. Lord God, I, I lift up and I pray this morning, God, for those in this room that need to experience your true freedom. I pray, God, for those in this room that do not know you as Lord. They are still held in bondage to the evil one. and Maybe they don't even know it. I pray, God, today that they would see Jesus, that you came and died and rose again to set them free, to make them new. And I pray, God, today that they turn from their sin, they turn to you, that you would do that and set them free. And I pray for the brothers and sisters in Christ in this room right now who are followers of you, who they have been made new. But Lord, it's sometimes there are still things in our life that just, just, just get trapped. I pray, God, for those in this room that need to be set free from the sin of bitterness, God. They'll be, by your grace, set free from that prison today. Pray for those in this room that need to be set free from the prison of addictions, God, that by your grace you would set them free today. I pray, God, for those in this room that need to be set free from any number of other sins, God, that you would allow them to experience and walk in your true, complete, total freedom. Do this in us, Lord. We believe your word. I pray, God, today that we would not have faith in ourselves, we would not have faith in, in anyone or anything other than you and your word, and your word today is going to promise us that if we abide in your word, we're truly your disciples, we're going to know your truth intimately, and that truth is going to set us free. And I pray, God, that if we've been let down, we've been discouraged, we've tried and failed, and we feel hopeless, I pray, God, today we will set all that aside and we'll just trust you and your word, and that will do a great work in us for your glory. I ask that you'll do this in your name, Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. All right. Hey, if you've got a Bible, again, let's find John chapter 8 together. So, um, today is July 4th, our Independence Day. This is the day where we as Americans celebrate our independence from British rule, or as the English call it, Happy Treason Day. And as we celebrate our independence... 
there are certain things that we always do, right? I mean, they're just traditions that we have. There's no law set in place. We just do it, right? You woke up this morning, and you put on red, white, and blue. You just did. You're going to probably leave today, and you're going to set meat on fire, and it's going to be awesome, right? You're going to do that. Tonight, you're going to either personally or go somewhere where someone else is going to blow stuff up. Right, it's what we do. It's just, it's just tradition. So it's interesting in John chapter 8, what they're doing here actually, this is why we, we're going to focus in on the scripture today. They're actually celebrating their Independence Day. John chapter 8 is uh, set in the time frame. It's called uh, the Festival of Booths. And it's a yearly celebration they have of celebrating God setting them free from slavery in Egypt. And so what they would do is they'd all gather together, and it would be a nationwide camp out. So they, they uh, were set free from Egypt, and they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, living in basically tents, booths, shelters that they made themselves. And so to remember that and celebrate that, they get together once a week and have a big nationwide camp out. Who loves camping? Anybody love camping? Who loves glamping? There you go. Like you're all for camping if you can plug in your espresso maker. How many of you used to love camping and then the army ruined it for you? Anybody there? There we go. So this is what they would do. They have a big giant camp out celebrating their Independence Day. And it's neat. In the midst of that, so the context is king. We're talking about reading the Bible. When you understand kind of contextually what's happening, boom, stuff just flies off the page. And so think about this. It's in the middle of their yearly Independence Festival. Right? They're celebrating being set free from slavery. And in the midst of that, Jesus walks into their midst and says to them, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. What he's going to do is lay out for them an understanding that even though, yes, physically they were set free, their ancestors from slavery in Egypt, there's still a type of slavery that exists on humanity that we must be set free from, and only Jesus can do that. So here's our big idea for the day. Ready? Jesus gives freedom. Right? That's it. We're going to keep it super simple. Jesus gives you freedom. It comes from no one else and nothing else other than Jesus. So if you were to read John chapter 8, Jesus kind of goes through and lists a few things that he desires to set them free from, all right? So we're just going to real quick just kind of hit them in order, boom, 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 just to kind of get, again, contextually understanding of what Jesus is saying to them. So the first thing he says to them is Jesus sets you free from slavery, slavery specifically to sin, all right? So verse 34, Jesus answered them as they're talking back and forth to him, truly, truly, I say to you. Everyone who practices sin is a, give me that word, slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Jesus talks about sin in very strict, serious, unambiguous terms. Verse 34, if everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. That word practice is this ongoing action. Anyone who continuously, habitually walks in sin, you're a slave to that sin. That sin is your master. 
You belong to it, and you do what it tells you to do. Now, we hate this kind of language. If there's one thing about Americans, we love our freedom, yes? We love it. It's funny, when they were talking about during this, the, the, the you know, uh, COVID lockdowns and uh, uh, three, four months ago, I remember them thinking, uh, them saying uh, publicly, you know, hey, listen, if everybody does the right thing, we may be able to let you enjoy an independence barbecue. And my first thought was, if you need permission to enjoy independence, I don't think you understand what that word means. But that's a side point altogether. But what's happening here is Jesus is telling you, your sin is your master. And again, we try to water that down. We say things like, well, I mean, no one's perfect, right? Or, well, so you're telling me that if I do something wrong, i, I got to be perfect? No one's perfect. Or, no, 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 I, I'm, not, I'm not a slave to that. I just have a predisposition. I'm not a slave to that. It's a habit. I mean, it just, it's, a, it's, a, it's an addiction. We use all kinds of words and terminology to explain away what Jesus clearly said. Jesus said, you are a slave to that. But he doesn't end there. Verse 36, so if the Son sets you free, though, you will be free indeed. Sin is their master. You are a slave to it. But Jesus Christ can set you free. So question to think through as we keep trucking through the text. Be honest with yourself. Are you a slave to sin? Are you a slave to it? Does this stuff just come welling up out of you out of nowhere? Do you swear that you're never, ever, 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 ever going to do that again? And doggone it, you do it. There's a reason for that. Jesus actually said it in verse 34. Because you are enslaved. But be of good courage, Jesus Christ can set you free. The next thing he says that they're enslaved to, and I think us as well, is they're enslaved to religion. Look at in verse 37. Jesus is speaking to them again, and he says, I know that you are offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my words find no place in you. I speak of what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have heard from your father. They answered him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works Abraham did. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. So here's what's going on here. They sought to find their connection with God through their family lineage, specifically tracing back to Abraham. Now, religion in a true biblical sense is a right and good thing. Right? In the book of James, which is written by the brother of Jesus, says, Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. That kind of religion that has a heart change that manifests in you doing good things is great. But they're focused on, and what many of us are focused on, is unbiblical worldly religion. That is, you thinking that you doing external things is somehow going to give you favor with God. You focus on your hands and not your heart. You focus on the things that you're doing or not doing, and that is going to make you a good person. That is going to make you right with God. You, I'm trying my best to be good. I'm trying my best to obey the Ten Commandments. I'm trying my best to go to church. I'm much better than that guy. We're focused on the external. And when you're focused just on the external, trying your best to be good, that is a 
prison. It is enslavement. You're constantly trying to better yourself, but here's the problem. You fall into one of two camps. If you're focused on your external works trying to make you good, you either fall into pride or despair. Right? You either become prideful because you think you are killing it, or you fall into despair because you realize you just can't keep up. Religion is focused on what you do. And if you do the right things and you stay away from the bad things, then you're going to be good with God. But the gospel of Jesus Christ is not focused on what you do. It is focused on what Jesus did for you. Jesus lived the perfect life that you cannot live. Jesus died the death that you deserve to die. And by faith in him, he now gives you his life and empowers you. These people were enslaved to their religion. And we've got to look in the mirror and ask ourselves, are we also? Are you enslaved to external ungodly religion? Are you enslaved to trying your best to be better? Jesus Christ wants to set you free from that. I have good news. He wants to set you free. The next thing he said that they're enslaved to is the devil. Verse 44. You are of your father, the devil. Some of you may be thinking, I didn't know they were talking about my dad. You are of your father, the devil. And your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning. And does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. It says here again, looking at it, verse 44 at the very beginning, Your father, you are of your father the devil. Your will is to do your father's desires. We get enslaved by Satan to do what he wants and desires for us to do. Satan is real. And his bondage on this world is real. The Bible calls him the God, little g-god of this world. He has much control over this world. God is supreme and sovereign over him. God is the one who created Lucifer, the angel, who eventually became Satan. God is in total control over him. And God will one day throw him into the lake of fire for eternal punishment forever. But in the meantime, Satan is given freedom to do great harm to people on this earth and we can fall enslaved to him sometimes his tactics are covert sometimes you can't really see what he's doing but he's sneaking he's camouflaged other times he's overt sometimes he is openly bringing demonic work on a person are you experiencing enslavement from the enemy himself demonic oppression Temptations coming from all angles. Difficulties coming from all sides. Jesus Christ seeks to set you free. In fact, in Colossians chapter 2, verse 15, it says that Jesus disarmed the demonic rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them. Jesus totally destroyed Satan, and he desires to set you free from his works also. And then last thing that he says that he sets them free from here in this passage, John 8, 51, says that he, they are slaves to death, and he set them free from that. Verse 51, truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. The fear of death is huge. Every study they uh, 
ask people questions, what you're afraid of, death always ranks very high. It's interesting, usually for adults, public speaking is right above death. So that means when you go to a funeral, most people would rather be in the casket than standing behind it talking. But death is high. Because it feels like the unknown. It, it, it feels like there are things on this earth that I wanted to get done and I can't now. And it feels like the end. But Jesus says those who believe in me will actually never see death. Does that mean you won't experience physical death on this earth? No, you, you will. But we understand death is different. Death is not the end. Death is the beginning. Death is the door that opens up your entryway into the very presence of God himself. This life is a vapor, and your real life starts with Jesus in heaven. This is just the first page of the preface of your life. Your life truly begins when you're finally with him. In fact, he says in Hebrews 2, 14 and 15, Therefore the children share in faith and blood he himself, that's Jesus, likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. Fear of death is slavery, but Jesus Christ sets you free. You don't have to walk out of this room afraid of death anymore. Jesus Christ today can set you free from that. So let's do this. Let's chat for just a minute about how we're set free. So again, Jesus is the one who sets you free. And we see our main text, verses 31 and 32. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So for the next couple of minutes, let's just chat for a minute about how we experience freedom. So look at those couple of verses. Let's break that down just for a moment, all right? So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. That word abide means to, to dwell with someone, to, to, to live with them, to abide with them. to right? That's why you call your house your abode, right? It's where you live, it's where you dwell, it's where you go. You love going on vacation, but there's something about coming home and sleeping in your bed, because that's where you abide, that's where your home is, that's where your safety, security, rest is. If you abide in my word, it doesn't say if you read my word, it doesn't say if you memorize my word, but if you abide in it, if you live there and dwell there, and we'll unpack that in just a moment, you are truly my disciples. And then you will know the truth. So know the truth. That word know is interesting as well. It's, it's the Greek word gnosko. It means this intimate knowledge of relationship. The same kind of word is used in Genesis when it says, and Adam knew Eve and she bore a son. Right? It's this intimate relational knowing that brings fruit. Just like Adam relationally, intimately knew Eve and she had a child. When you intimately, relationally know the word and live in the word, you bear out spiritual fruit. And what happens as a result, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. That word set you free, eleutero in the Greek, it means to be truly, completely, totally liberated to do whatever it is you want to do. If you live, dwell, abide in his word, if you intimately relate and connect with his word, that word is going to set you free. So how do we do this? So here's a quick definition of abiding in the word. To abide in the word means to believe, obey, and live in God's word 
so continuously that the truths of God's word become your reality. So many of us, like we know the Bible, like as in like we know the stories. You may be able to find a verse if I throw it out to you. But to abide means to live and dwell and obey and believe and trust and remain so consistently, habitually, constantly that the truths of that word become your reality. It becomes who you are, how you live, how you think, how you respond, how you reason, how you breathe. So how do we do that? How do we abide in the word like that so that we can experience true freedom that Jesus wants to give us? So I'll give you two quick things. I think there's a point and a process. So how do we experience true freedom? There's a point and a process. So a point, in other words, there has to come a point in time, I'm praying today for you. There has to come a point in time where you say, this is it. This is my proverbial line in the sand. I am declaring my independence and freedom in Jesus Christ. And I, by God's grace, commit today that I am not walking any longer in the slavery from my past. There has to come a, a, a point of decision. Today's my day. So, Independence Day, July 4th. Uh, did you know that... Um, our independence from British rule actually happened on July 2nd, not July 4th. On July 2nd, 1776, the Continental Congress convened and voted to break away from England and be an independent nation. So, why do we celebrate on July 4th and not July 2nd? The vote happened in Philadelphia on July 2nd, 1776. But it wasn't declared to the people until July 4th. The day that the people heard, received, and said, yes, we're going to live in that, was July 4th. And that is the day that we celebrate. It is, it is extremely important to have a point in time where you say, today's the day. Today's the day. Just like in your uh, freedom in Christ, that happened 2,000 years ago on the cross. But there has to come a point in time for you personally where you say, I receive that, that is true of me, and by God's grace, I'm going to live the rest of my life free. Today can be that day for you. There has to come a point, and I want that to be, by God's grace, I'm praying today. There has to come a point where you go, this is it. This is what I'm going to do. But then, not only is there a point, after that, though, there has to be a process. Because, again, when the United States of America, on July 4th, together said, yes, we are independent, did King George go, oh, well, all right, best of luck. Right, there was a, a revolutionary war. Right, there was a process that needed to be taken under to then... Live out that, that independence, that freedom. Same thing for you and I. There comes a town, I'm praying today, if it hasn't been already for you, where there's a point where you go, today, I'm going, by God's grace, to live free. And then you have to enter into a process. A process by which you seek to continuously seek and live out. Because again, the word that Jesus described there in John 8, 32, 31 and 32 abide a continual constant habitual living in this the process so i got a, a buddy of mine his name is jeff neal i think i've maybe 
shared a little bit about him before with you. So Jeff is um, an, an amazing guy. He uh, played in the NFL for six or seven seasons. Um, while he was in the NFL, he was twice named the NFL's strongest man, which is a big deal. Right? I mean, think about who plays in the NFL and be twice named the NFL's strongest man. That's legit. So after he retired from the NFL, he became an evangelist. And he does like the power team stuff. Like he goes into churches and bends metal bars or rips phone books and tells people about Jesus. And so that's how I met Jeff. Jeff came into our church and uh, did uh, several nights of events for us. And so I'm hanging out with Jeff during the day. And so Jeff's one of these guys. Like he is... There's big guys, and then there's oh my goodness guys, right? So Jeff is an oh my goodness guy. He just walks like this. You try to put his arm down, it just does that. And he has to walk indoors sideways like this, Jeff. This massive. He's so big. Every single place we went, every place we went, walking down the street, eating lunch, everywhere we went, it never felt some guy walked up to him and was like, oh, you're huge. Like, what's your plan? What do you do? And Jeff was so kind, he'd always grab a piece of paper and a pen, and here's my plan, here's a little bit of my supplements, here's a little bit of what I do, here's my email. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out. I'll help you in any way that I can. It was just constant. People always coming up, oh, what's your secret? What do you do? What do you do? What do you do? So one day we're eating lunch, and never felt, guy walked up, dude, you're huge. What do you do? Grabs a napkin, grabs a pen, da -da 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 -da. here's my email. If you have any questions, let me know. Guy walks off. So then Jeff leans over and he says, you don't want to know the real reason I'm as big as I am? I said, I'm just always assuming horse steroids. Like, I don't know. I'm just, he said, uh, the reason I'm as big as I am is because when I was 13 years old, I made the decision that I wanted to play in the NFL. And I got my dad to buy me a weight bench and a set of weights for $50. And at 13 years old, I went out in my garage and I started lifting weights. And I lifted and I lifted and I lifted and I got bigger and I bought better weights. And I lifted and I got bigger and I bought better weights. And then I changed this and I changed that. But I kept going and I kept going and I kept going. Started when I was 13. He said, now I'm 43. And in the last 30 years, I maybe have missed five workouts. He said, I work out every single day. He said, I work out when I'm on the road, and I work out when I'm at home. I work out when I feel great, and I work out when I feel lousy. If something is injured, I work out a part of the body that's not injured. He said, every day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, for 30 years now, I get up before the sun, and I go do something to work on my body every day single day. He said, that is why I'm as big as I am. He said, people think that they find the right plan, the right diet, and the right supplements, and it's all going to click. He said, at the end of the day, the reason it doesn't work for them is because they just don't stick with it. He said, you can have whatever plan you want, whatever diet you want, whatever supplement you want. Whatever you stick with, you're going to get the results from that. So just find something and do it. Quit looking for the secret bullet. Just do something. And in my mind, as a pastor, spiritual parallels are just going ding, 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 right? As a preacher, I'm always looking for illustrations. Right? So I'm just ding, 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 ding. 
how much is this just like the Christian faith for many of us? We are desperately looking for the secret bullet. Many of you are in this room today because you convinced yourself your problem spiritually was your last church didn't feed you well. I know that one stings. I'll be looking forward to your email this week. We're constantly looking for, well, the problem is this, or I need this, or I need a better that, or for just this. And if we took the physical parallel and we put it spiritually, at the end of the day, the question is, are you just very simply doing what you can do consistently? And this is true for everyone, regardless of who you are or what you do. Just a few weeks ago, I had breakfast with a friend of mine who's a pastor who had to resign his church and leave the ministry. I sat down with him over breakfast, and I said, dude, what happened? I said, well, the truth is this. For over a year now, my spiritual life's just been on autopilot. I opened the Bible to prepare a sermon, and that's really kind of it. I really haven't engaged with the Lord much at all. And it's sent his life on a trajectory. For you, the answer has to be, how are you going to just consistently seek the Lord? If you abide in his word regularly, habitually, consistently, abiding in his word, from that you will begin to relationally engage and know the truth. And as you do that, you will walk more and more and more and more and more in freedom. Uh, there's a Christian rapper named Andy Minio. He's got a song. There's a line in the song that says, you got two choices. You can either start making moves or making excuses. Some of you today, listen to me. This is officially time for you to stop making excuses. Let's make some spiritual moves. You cannot do the same thing you've been doing and expect different results. The scriptures are clear. At this point, you either just choose to obey or disobey. Right? He says right here, here's how you will be free. Abide in his word, know it intimately, and that truth is going to set you free. For us, with our kids, we keep it simple. Like when we're trying to teach our kids how to go through the Bible, we keep it simple. Uh, what I teach my kids is light bulb, question mark, and arrow. Right? Light bulb, as you're reading this couple of verses, what's it saying? What pops out? Light bulb moment. Boom. Here's what God's word is saying. Right? What's, what's the big idea? Question mark. As you're reading through this, or do you think, what does that word mean? What is that? Why is that there? What's happening here? Who's that guy? Questions you need to write down to ask a friend, ask a pastor, ask a journey group leader. Google it. Whatever. And then arrow. What is God's word telling you to do here? Is there a command to be obeyed? A sin to be repented from? A promise to be believed? Light bulb, question mark, arrow. Keep it simple. Don't try to overcomplicate this. Keep it simple and just consistently do it. Seek after the Lord. If you abide in his word, you are truly his disciple. And you will intimately know the truth. And that truth will set you free. I'm going to ask our band to come up. And we're going to spend a little time singing together here at the end, okay? And again, as we talk about being consistent in doing something, what I don't want to do is, is, is have a slip back into one of the things Jesus, again, was trying to set us free from, religion. The point isn't, your hope is not in your consistency. 
right? The hope is not in you finding the right plan. The hope is not in you making sure you set your alarm early enough. That's not where our hope is. Our hope is in Jesus and Jesus alone. And I'm able to pursue him because Jesus Christ has made me new. I'm able to be consistent in abiding in the word because Jesus Christ has made me new. For you today, question number one, has Jesus Christ made you new? Have you believed by faith in Jesus and been made new? The answer to that question is no. Today is your independence day. Trust by faith in Jesus Christ. Today, say, Jesus, I know that you died and rose again for my sin. I confess my sin to you. I turn from my sin. Jesus Christ, make me new and set me free. I'm yours. Right now, here, do that. And if you are a follower of Christ, as we sing about the Lamb of God, the Lamb has set you free. Shedding of blood of this spotless, perfect Lamb, Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, has set you free. So I'm going to just ask you to bow your heads just for a moment. So again, as we read our passage at the beginning, I mentioned that this was a time celebrating the people of God being set free and living in booths in the wilderness and God providing for them. How did they get set free? Because they took a lamb, killed it, put its blood on the doorpost of their home. And as the angel of God saw that, he passed over and spared them. And from that, they were able to be set free and walk out of their bondage, their slavery. The lamb of God was, was, was killed so that you too, just like the blood of that lamb was put on the doorposts of their home. The lamb of God, his blood was shed on the piece of wood known as the cross. And you by faith put it on the doorpost of your heart and say, Jesus Christ has set me free. Now, brothers and sisters, walk in that freedom. Behold the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world and sets you free. As we sing, you're welcome to come forward and spend some time praying. If you'd like to talk with me, I'll be up front. I'd love to talk with you. Let's spend some time worshiping Jesus Christ who has set us free. And commit this morning that we are going to abide in his word, know it intimately and relationally, and allow his truth to set us free so that we can walk in all the fullness of the truth that he has given us. Jesus Christ, do this in us today for your glory. Empower us to walk in the freedom that you have given us. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Let's stand. Let's worship together. Jesus Christ, the name above all names. Behold the Lamb. See.
Amen. Jesus, we just thank you for your freedom. We thank you, Lord, that you love us enough to set us free. We thank you, Lord, that you have given us all that we need for all of righteousness and godliness in you. And I pray, Lord, that you would empower us to abide in your word and allow that word to set us free. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. We pray this in your name. Amen. God bless you guys. Happy July 4th. Have a great week.